0: Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I wanna help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called The Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's gonna give you your next best steps to Take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teaching slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 40 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. This one is for all of my teachers who either deal with a toxic environment, toxic coworkers, or you know like just toxicity in general, if you're tired of dealing with negativity at every corner or just some of those negative comments bringing you down, this episode is for you. If you're not interested, you better be because negativity plagues our profession, whether it's on social media from parents, whatever. I've been there, I've caught the negativity bug before, and according to a survey conducted by the American Federation of Teachers, nearly 70% of teachers report that their school's culture and climate is a significant source of stress, and nearly 80% of teachers feel like their school's climate is not positive. So those numbers right there tell you that dealing with negativity is a widespread issue for teachers, and it underscores the importance Of addressing this negativity and creating a more positive and supportive work environment. Negativity and toxicity in the workplace isn't just about our mental and emotional health, although that is important, but these things also impact our students. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about strategies for combating workplace negativity, setting those boundaries, and taking back our control of our own well being, even if you struggle to really navigate these situations, because I did that too. So, Let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that in a couple of weeks, beginning in March, we are going to begin a brand new series, and a lot of you have been talking about this in my DMs on Instagram, and I've just been really excited to bring it to you because I think a lot of my teacher friends can agree that not only do we really struggle with this negativity aspect, but this overwhelming pressure to do more. We get things on top of things that are added to our to-do list. And I want you to know that there are ways that we can make our careers sustainable and joyful again, especially if you're like one of those teachers who wants to stay in the field long-term. So in the month of March, we're going to be diving into our sustainability series with some of the best tips on making your job as an educator sustainable for you. And so if this is the first time you're listening in, you're not going to want to miss it, make sure that you are following or subscribing to the podcast so that you'll get updates when new episodes go live. And if you're a long-time listener, I would love it if you would just leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the podcast in your stories or with another amazing teacher friend who might need it because the whole goal of this podcast is to support and empower more educators with mindset, tools, strategies to beat burnout and make a bigger impact in our schools and communities. And I truly believe that together we can make the change and heal the system from the inside out. So, before we get into navigating this negativity and setting those boundaries, I want to tell you a little bit about how this has shown up for me recently, because you'll probably connect with the story in some way, shape, or form. So, if you've been following me for a while, you know that not just on this podcast, but on TikTok and on Instagram, I share these little bite sized clips on how we can really beat burnout. Maybe like a mindset shift, sometimes like a polarizing stance on something that really affects mental health as educators, that sort of thing. And for some reason, one of my reels on Instagram went viral. And it was a video that I made regarding transition rituals for those teachers who really struggle with switching their brains from work mode to home mode. And I discussed this topic back in episode 34. So if you haven't listened to that one and you struggle with switching modes, it's a really good one. But every once in a while, you know, I'll have this video that catches people's attention and I'm cool with that. I mean, I know that every strategy is not going to work for every teacher. And that's why I have my individualized educare program, because I believe that we're all unique individuals. Different strategies are going to work for different folks. And these strategies support us in making more aligned choices for our careers. But on social media, when things go viral these people see you like one clip and they think you they've got you all figured out you'll either have those people who are like this is exactly what i need or those people who the algorithm should never have picked up on <laughs> And this video was absolutely no different. I had some teachers who were like, this isn't the reason I'm burned out. Maybe the work could be more sustainable. I don't think we need more self-care tips. We need to change the system and change the way that teachers are seen and respected. And then I had some like really negative comments from non-educators that were like, all teachers should quit, blah, blah, blah. I got to be honest with y'all. That stuff drives me nuts. I was triggered. I wanted to be like, let's not think we know someone's intention or solutions from one swipe of one video or even like get petty with those non-educator trolls. I could feel myself wanting to act defensively and explain myself to these people. But thank God I'm not that girl that I was years ago who didn't have those boundaries where I would have wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy trying to convince other people who honestly weren't going to understand my perspective or weren't ready to hear what I had to say. But instead, I don't have to waste my energy on that. The coolest part about social media is that you can always restrict or block your access to that crap. And while we can't really do that in person, although for some situations, it would probably be really nice to have a block button, you've probably felt like that too. Maybe you've had this coworker who was just completely negative and only wanted to dump all these negative things going on in your school or the district or the system in general, but never really wanted to find or be part of the solution. Maybe you've had a coworker who was just a gossip and their energy was like icky. Maybe your administrator tries this whole toxic positivity bout with you and you're like a little bit more realistic. Let me tell you this. Sometimes it's worth it to speak your truth and then other times it's just not. Either way, if you have a boundary, it's not going to drain your energy. And I can remember when I was in the throes of burnout at my school five years ago, the culture was completely different than it is now. and We had this pretty difficult administrator, and that's about as much as I can really say about that. And I dealt with a few toxic colleagues, and I can remember what that felt like. It felt like I had to either prove myself to these people, which I didn't really realize was a stress response at the time. Um, I was entering fawn mode in the whole fight, flight, freeze or fawn continuum, which I'll definitely go into detail in a later episode. But I felt like I needed to make them like me or use the aggression that I saw around me to make a point that this wasn't a positive culture. That wasn't really effective. I felt like I had to continue listening to some of this toxicity in the workroom And I didn't really know how to navigate that because when you're just trying to survive, it can feel really challenging to know exactly what to do to protect your peace. So the first thing I want to discuss for navigating this is when you're triggered by something, it's a clear indication that you either need to create or assert a boundary. Feeling anger towards someone or something, you need a boundary. Resentment, frustration, fear, exhaustion irritation guilt shame these are all emotions that we experience that tell us that we need to create or assert a boundary And boundaries are like these guidelines you set for yourself to manage your interactions with others, to protect your well-being. These boundaries are essential in staying resilient, solid, and content with who you are as a professional and as a human. So they really help you avoid being used, drained, or manipulated by others. And in order for us to really get to a point where we can create and assert them, we've got to connect to self-awareness and recognize where we're being triggered. And when I say self-awareness, I'm talking about seeing yourself and who you are from the outside. So if you're looking at yourself from above, let's say you're like watching yourself. For me, in receiving those comments, it wasn't just me seeing those comments from my eyes. It was me seeing myself for who I am. I've become a person that I've always wanted to be when it comes to boundaries. So self-aware that I am Like, that's not who I am in the long run. I don't want to have to explain myself to people who just don't get it. And it was like, stop. That's not you. So if you're getting drained from the teacher workroom or even like getting aggravated with your students in your classroom or your own children, I want you to stop and think. I want you to see yourself from above where you are. Think about how you're acting and who you are being. Is that who you want to be in the long run? If you can find that self-awareness in these situations throughout life, this is one of the highest forms of emotional intelligence. People who are not self-aware struggle with setting boundaries because they can't really see themselves for who they are. And if they're constantly in a bad mood or they're constantly trying to prove themselves to people, those people aren't stopping to recognize who they are in that situation. If they don't see themselves, then they're not going to fix it. So I want you to first practice becoming self-aware. And this really leads to that first step in creating boundaries that support us in navigating negativity. So to set boundaries, we use the ICE method. This is a really simplified version, but the first step is to I identify your own needs and limits and if you're one of the educare support squad members in the individualized educare program you know i'm going to relate this back to our values and our personality from the evaluate module but it's also about that self-awareness piece we just discussed we have to take the time to reflect on what we need in order to feel supported respective productive at work this is going to look different from different people Again, we are all unique individuals, and lots of times when I bring this up, teachers will say, well, you know, I reflected, and I like to pose the question, but did you write it down? My husband hates this response too. But when we write these things down, it brings it to the forefront of our conscious brain. So if you have reflected, but you haven't written it down, I want you to do this. Write down the answers to these questions. Number one, what are the sources of negativity or drama in your workplace? Number two, how do you typically respond to negativity or drama at work? Do you nod and agree because you want to validate their feelings? Do you try to convince them to think otherwise? How does this look for you? Number three, how can you set clear boundaries to protect yourself from workplace drama or negativity? Number four, what strategies can you use to avoid getting caught up in gossip or those negative conversations? And number five, Who do you want to be in these situations? Once you have this clear sense of what you need, you can begin to set those boundaries that'll help you achieve those goals. Then the second step in the ICE method is C, and that's just to communicate your boundaries effectively. And it's not always about using words, especially if that's uncomfortable in the beginning. You may just want to take space from these interactions, and that's not always feasible when it comes to the workplace. So it's important just to be clear direct, neutral, or positive in tone to that person, and that is some difficult stuff. It's uncomfortable, especially if you're a people pleaser and you want other people to like you, but we have to switch up this mentality of being more for our own mental health. If you're someone who really struggles with this idea of what if this person doesn't like me anymore or gets mad because I set this boundary, keep listening because we're going to get into how you can shift that mindset too. And then the last step is E, enforce your boundaries. Once you've communicated your boundaries, it's important just to stick with them. This may require saying no to certain requests or conversations or redirecting negative interactions in a more positive direction. Be firm and consistent in enforcing your boundaries while also remaining open to feedback and to compromise. Now, obviously, this is like a really overly simplified version of boundary setting because like, if I went into everything that would help support you, that's going to take a lot longer of a time. And this is just a really individualized process. These podcast episodes are meant to be bite sized, so they're more consumable for you because I know that you're busy. So these are just meant to kind of give you some basic guidelines to really support you in creating some of those authentic boundaries. I am interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that burned out teachers have, and that's, how do I make time for self-care and stop overextending myself to the point of burnout? Here's my favorite answer, authentic boundaries. When you set authentic boundaries around four major areas, you're creating balance to avoid overwhelm, manage your time better, and identify your limits. Arguably one of the most important factors to sustaining a career in education long-term, boundaries help keep you healthy, happy, and whole. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Beat Burnout with Boundaries. In this workshop, I will teach you my four-step approach to creating, communicating, and sustaining authentic boundaries that will empower you and build you up, rather than burn you out. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, the formula for communicating your boundaries without compromising relationships, and a workbook complete with prompts to follow along in your own personal boundary pattern analysis. The best part? You can work through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash boundaries to learn more. Back to the episode. And I know that there are some teachers out there because I was once this teacher too thinking, but like, what about how others will react to my boundaries? For those of you who are dealing with these negative opinions of others placed on you or you're worried about how people will react to your boundaries, I want you to remember this. Do not take it personal. Often these negative interactions that you have with a colleague or your admin or the trolls in my comments... They aren't really about you or your work those comments i got on that video had nothing to do with me personally because those people saw less than 60 seconds of a clip you don't necessarily know what that other person is dealing with in their personal life and there may be difficulties in their professional life that we're not privy to i read a book a while back called the four agreements it's a really short read but it will change your perspective on a lot of things and i like to go back to it when i'm struggling with overcoming an obstacle but the second agreement is Exactly that. Don't take it personally. And one of my favorite quotes from the book is, people will love you and people will hate you and none of it will have anything to do with you. The truth is that someone's behavior is never a reflection of your worth or your value. It's always a reflection of how they think and how they feel about themselves. This is called psychological projection and it's where they take these unwanted qualities that they have about themselves and these unwanted feelings about themselves and they project it on to someone else so an example of what this looks like is for someone who doesn't feel valuable they might say my admin doesn't know what they're doing this is a crap show or a teacher who's really lacking confidence may see a new teacher who is confident and say well I don't like him because he's arrogant he's a know-it-all see what happens is that person is not looking inside they're not reflecting they're not self-aware the more judgmental someone is the less self-aware that they are. So don't take that negativity personally. We're all on this journey doing things at different times and focusing on that is only going to impact your mindset, your work, and your attitude. So adjust the focus on the locus of your control, you and your boundaries. And you can always walk away. We think that we have to say something either to validate someone's feelings or offer a solution, but let's be real. If you're dealing with someone who's really negative, chances are they don't want a solution. So you can always just limit the amount of time that you have to spend in those spaces where that negativity abounds. Eat lunch outside rather than in the teacher workroom. Attend meetings when required, but, you know, don't stay after. Be aware that this can sometimes feel isolating, especially if your team bonds through negativity. But creating this boundary of removing yourself is just going to maintain your own energy to use On the things that really matter to you. Sometimes that negativity can be too much. When that happens, walk away or excuse yourself from the conversation. Close the door to your office, go to the restroom, grab a cup of coffee. You don't always have to communicate with words to express that you're not here for the drama. You are not obligated to listen, to support, or agree with negative colleagues or admin. Engaging Even trying to provide a more positive viewpoint sometimes doesn't help. So it's more about protecting your peace. Another thing I want to say is workplace negativity can get you down and it can make you even more negative without even realizing it. We've talked before on the podcast about how burnout can be contagious and negativity is just another contagion. Think of it like this. If you're in a room with people who are all actively getting sick, coughing, vomiting, Unless you have protected yourself or you've built up an immunity to it, you're going to get sick. So sometimes we have to take a moment to step back and think about your own thoughts and your own behavior. Go back to those questions you answered on that paper and see if you can identify any negativity that you might be bringing to work. So if you find that you are, in fact, bringing some of that negativity of your own, first off, don't feel bad because I think we all do that. But then number two is to really consider, how can you change that? In what areas can you be more positive? How can you let things go or create a more productive experience for yourself and for others? Doing so is going to really help you break that chain of negativity, not only for yourself, but for your colleagues. And if you're one who's feeling the negativity from social media, like what I dealt with, or maybe your feed is saturated with teachers who are complaining about every little thing without bringing a solution, I second what Spencer Cotter said in our interview that we had in episode 15, restrict your access to seeing specific creators, especially if they're perpetuating that negativity that bothers you. If you had a post or a real go viral where you were sharing your experience as an educator, just block those trolls and remember that your people are more important than those who are never going to understand your perspective. Sometimes we get in these states where we think our boundaries are about saying no, but sometimes these boundaries that protect our energy are just really limiting what we're being exposed to. It's about limiting your exposure to to those situations, not going into the room with the people you know have a stomach virus or the flu. So, if you're dealing with this negativity, please know you're not alone. It is everywhere. But when we shift the value we place on ourselves and we limit our exposure, we limit others' access, and we set those boundaries, we're ultimately choosing our peace. We are choosing to be who we are and what we ultimately want to become in the long run. So, don't forget, You are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this.